What is up, y'all? Welcome back to season three of the Parent Network Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Ace, and today I am joined with an amazing father, man, prophet, intercessor, businessman, all of the things, um, Devante Tabor. And in this episode, we are going to talk about all things fatherhood, all things manhood. I am so excited about what season three is bringing for the Parent Network podcast. This is a platform not just for mothers, but for fathers, hence the word parents. So we want to hear from the fathers. We don't want to just speculate. But we want to hear from their mouths what they have to say concerning various topics and just to share their journey and their story about fatherhood, manhood, and whatever else it is that they want to share with us on this podcast. So without further ado, I am going to let our guests go forward. Come on, Devontae, introduce yourself to us. Tell us, you know, about uh, your son. Um, he said, y'all, I said, how many children do you have? The man of God said one, just one. Okay. You know, so we want to establish <laughs> that it is one for now until his good thing comes along. But for now he is a father to one son. And so just make sure y'all are listening. Make sure you are flowing with us. I believe this is going to be an amazing episode. Welcome to the podcast, Devontae. Hey, 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 everybody. How y'all doing? Thank you, Ashley, for inviting me. This is such a great honor and a privilege to be amongst you guys. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, me too. Let's get into it. So, Devontae, kind of just talk to us um, before we jump into the fatherhood aspect. Mm -hmm. um, Just kind of talk to us about what it is that your upbringing looked like? Because one of the things that I do here on the podcast is I always go from childhood into the maturation years that bring us to the place of parenthood and how that has developed the way that we parent and what that looks like. So kind of just share with us just about your journey, your story of childhood and anything else you want to share before we jump straight into the fatherhood nature. Okay, cool. Um, growing up, I was uh, um, in the church. I grew up in the church scene, uh, of course, PK kid, of course. Um, I grew up, uh, father got murdered at the age, I was think at the age of six, uh, and growing up with, without a father, but thank God that, um, I had my brother's father. He stepped in to, you know, be my father and, you know, he, that's all I know is him. Um, and so growing up, uh, you know, it's challenging because, you know, you see, you know, your your brothers or your other siblings with their father and different things. But knowing in your heart that, hey, yo, you really don't have a father. Your father is, yo, he dead. He's six feet under. So uh, knowing that and some of the rejection and, you know, some of those things, it played a major factor in my upbringing because it's 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 a, a male need their father we'll just leave it there male need their father they need their father to speak volumes and to really give them the tools to life and although i did have have uh, a father um 
it wasn't the same as as it per my natural father, the one who who put the seed inside my mom, and I was here. So uh, it's nothing like the the that one. So I growing up, you know, you, you had I had challenges and I had different things of that nature because of that factor in my life because of that missing component and then it 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 just began to you know play a part in my major life major decisions major things that I've done in in my life as a whole can you kind of um dig in you you said something that sparked my ear because (laughs) my ears be moving and you said you know the rejection piece of not having that father um can you kind of speak to that um for us just a little bit yeah because it's like you 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 be rejected um and you rejected to the point where you it's like yo am i good enough for a father or am i do I, am I capable of having a father? What's wrong with me? What, what are, why did my father have to, to, to die? Why did he have to be the one to get murdered? Why did things have to go the way that they go? So it set up rejection and it set up certain things in my life to cause me to fall into pits of depression or pits of certain things and causes me to really be at odds and fight against myself and abuse myself. And we already know that this is domestic violence, but so men play a major part in that as well. You are uh, you are violating yourself with abusing yourself, with your thought pattern, with the way you speak to yourself, the way you condemn yourself. You are really abusing yourself. And so I was one of those one of those males that really abused himself because I thought something was wrong with me because of the fact of not having a father. I love how you're going down this trail because it's so important that we understand um, that there are various forms of abuse. And you touched on that self-abuse. And it's interesting even to me to think about it in the way that you just disclosed, like, I self-abused because I thought I was not good enough to have a father, even Mm -hmm. though you knew what happened to your father that's so profound because i want you all to understand that just because we have knowledge of something and we know that we had nothing to do with how something shaped it does not it does not take away from how we process that thing and so how you process not having your father you internalize it and said oh well, there's something with me that I know I have someone here, but although he's here, he's not mine. And I think that is so that, that right there, people have to understand that this, this, the thing about fathers, and I'm going to speak from my own perspective, the thing about fathers, because I did not grow up with my father. But I'll always share this about the journey of coming into relationship with my father is that he chose me. And when I say he chose me, you all, I mean that he actually told my mom, you're not going to have another abortion. So if you don't want this baby, I'm going to take care of the baby. 
And so thinking about rejection, there's so many ways that we can go into that. I come from the standpoint of rejection from the womb. Sisters is like, no, I don't want a baby. <laughs> and, and, and my dad was like, no, you're going to give me my seed. Yeah. And then for you, Devontae, knowing that, okay, I had a father, but then he was taken from me. And yeah. so that produced another level of rejection. Y'all, I hope y'all hear what we're saying here about this, this, this root of rejection and how it can enter in, in any capacity. But what, yeah. by the end of this episode, I want you all to understand is that you don't have to internalize this rejection. So as you were saying, you know, yes, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So kind of talk to us a little more about what it looked like for you as you saw yourself going into depression and how you were able to come out of that. Um, I saw myself going into depression. Um, I, I didn't care about my appearance. I didn't care about certain things. So I slept with whoever, whenever, however, it, because of the fact of the matter is I was seeded into a place that made me feel good, but it really wasn't. And, and for, for us as a young millennials, we like the attention. We like to be fed with the attention and, and we like that. And so the rejection, it fed something in me that I want, I needed from my father or I wanted from my father. And so I will go down pits of depression and pits of, uh, of, uh, doing things out of the norm. But my place of how did I get out of it? Prayer was my way of expressing myself. Prayer, communication. We know that prayer is a conversation between you and God. So I was communicating. That's the only way I can uh, be expressive because we told, me and told us, well, you don't cry. You're not supposed to do this. And you're not supposed to do that. But my expression and my my way of, of communicating was to God. Like, yo, I need you to help me in this area. I need you to do this. And I need you to do that because I'm out here broken. I'm messed up. So I was communicating to God. So that's how I was able to really fully come out of the place of depression and come out of the place of certain things because I had an outlet. I express myself. I can be vulnerable. I can cry. I can do all of these things. And my feelings were valid. And he, he, I stopped. And listen, so he talks about it. So that's the part of the matter is when you're communion and you're communicating with the Father through prayer, I was able to fully express myself. And and that's what the problem with some of us, me and we so bottled up and locked up that we fully don't express. And this is where the domestic violence come in with yourself, with abusing yourself, because you're not fully expressing yourself. Your, your, your expression comes out in various forms of anger, rage, uh, all of these things, because your brain cells is telling your body, yo, you got to fully express you need to be vulnerable. You got to come out of your, your, you can't keep these places locked in. Let's this stuff go. So this is how I overcome and came through. Much prayer. 
<laughs> much prayer, much power. That's what they used to say yes. when I was a kid. Much prayer, much power. Go with God and gotta go with yes. you. That's exactly yes. what they would tell me as a kid. And I find it to be true now. But I want to go back to something that you said about vulnerability. Now, here's the thing, y'all. Y'all done listened to enough of my podcast to know. Sis gonna talk about vulnerability, okay? Sis gonna bring it up. We gonna talk about these emotions. We're gonna talk about our feelings because Again, the reason why season three is so special to me is that we're now seeing our men coming into healing because all of the things that were told to them, men don't cry, boys don't cry, you know, toughen up, you got to get over it, you know, life throws things at you. So, you know, just go with the flow. And while we understand life is going to life not being able to express how you feel in a moment because our feelings are fleeting yeah, is what hinders a lot of progress in our boys first. So you have grown men who are still at the age of their developmental delay because they were told you're not supposed to feel that. Now for me, I have two sons. No, you're going to feel it. We're going to talk about it. You're going to cry. And it's going to be validated. And I love what you said, that when you were in communication with the Father, Father God, it's like my feelings are validated. They're real. Although we know we're not going to stay in the place of how we feel, we're going to get off of our chest, though, how we feel. And And in a community, in a communion environment with God and with other people, it's so important that we understand That how we're feeling, it matters. It's valid. Like for me, when I was not rocking with the Lord, you know, how I rock with him now, I was, I I still had a very sharp tongue and I don't take pleasure in this now, but then out of my brokenness, it was like, I knew that I could talk to certain men a certain kind of way. And now I'm like, Lord Jesus, Ashley, what was you thinking, child? Because it's it's it was a way to emasculate a man. Yeah. And for them to receive it, I mean, we was both broken, bottom line. We were, we were both broken. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of share with us, Devontae, about any experiences from the place of brokenness that you had where... Mm-hmm. You allowed, you know, others to emasculate you, women to emasculate you, you emasculating yourself, if that's even a thing, because I ain't a man, so I don't know, but I'm just, you yeah. know, we gonna, we gonna journey. <laughs> Let's get it. So I was once married. So, um, so being in this place of dealing with depression, we talk, me and we talk ourselves out of a good place or out of a good thing because of the places of, whoa, am I good enough? Or I got these hope, these reserved because mama, uh, the first people in your family never validated you, never talked to you and said, yo, this is your brilliant, you're smart, you're this, you're that. Uh, so you're looking for a woman when it comes to that place to validate certain things that you should have got a long time ago in your childhood. But now that you're here in a place of marriage, you're in a place of being developed in, in, a, in being a man over a family, 
you feel like you're not capable. You don't have the capacity. You feel like you don't, you, this is, this is just, yo, what am I doing? So you do stuff out of the norm to dis, dis uh, qualify the marriage and make things, make things, uh, uh, come up to where the woman wants to back out. She wants to divorce because we have these things bottled up and we not fully expressing. So certain men turn into cheating. They, it, it, uh, you cheat on your spouse, you, you, or you do things to dis, disqualify or define the covenant or the relationship that you have already went to the altar to say you do to. So these were moments in my life where I didn't feel good enough or I didn't feel validated to be somebody's husband or to be a husband or a man over a family because I never did this thing down packed in my childhood or I never got it in my teenage years. So how in my adult years, yo, how am I going to be a father? How am I going to be a husband to somebody that I don't even feel capable or have the capacity to even do it. I'm about so, to pause you right there because <laughs> because oh, I said I told y'all this episode was gonna be it was gonna be fire. Okay, I told y'all. Listen, you 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 just you just said something, and I just want to put a pause in it so that I can just hit it. You said the validation of the mother. Yes really impacted the identity of the man in husbandhood. Y'all, I'm always putting hood at the end of something. Just roll with it. In husbandhood. How can you just speak to that portion right there of the importance Yeah, so, you know, we know our parents are supposed to, women are natural nurturers. You supposed to, they supposed to nurture us. They supposed to uh, guide us and bring us into that place of real maturation. So if you never got that, so now you're expecting your wife to become something that she's not ordained to be in the she first got place. Your mama. She ain't your mama. Yeah, she's supposed to be your help me. She's supposed to help you. She's not supposed to be the person. Now, although she's going to give you affirmation, she's going to tell you how much she loves you. She's going to do these things, but she's not the person that should have uh, 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 matured you or uh, or got you to that place where you already confident in yourself. Woo! See, that's it right there. That's where that's where we was landing at right there, y'all. <laughs> that as mothers. We are to affirm and we are to yeah. nurture the boy in our sons and help to raise them up. And the father comes along to identify and to guide them on the journey. This is why it takes two. Yeah, this is it why does. it takes mm-hmm. two. Yeah. This is part of the passion that I have for the parent network. I, it, it, because God is a restorer of all things. But this is why it takes two. And we see in various situations how we get to a place of, like you said, disqualifying ourselves from things that really God is bringing us into because we're supposed to have them simply because we don't feel like we've had the tools. We've not received all of the things that were necessary to grow us and for us to feel confident enough to say, I can absolutely do this. 
And that's not to say that we're not going to experience things throughout our lives, you know, and in marriage and in, in relationships and things like that, because everyone is different. But what we're talking about is core values. These are core things that should be received by every child. And so if you've ever dealt with this, if you feel like, oh, this is hit me, just say, ouch, and continue to listen because we're not just going to hit you and then leave you there. We're going to bring some restoration and some tools because God does all things well. So I'm going to toss it back to Devontae so he continue to share with us. Yeah. So the power of the tongue, let's, let's, let's go here. The power of the tongue is very powerful. This is why when you developing young men, the power of the tongue causes them to be shaped. You speak, we know that we know the Bible says, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. But when you begin to speak life into your sons, it begins to create them to be a master builder. It begins to create them to be somebody that they're looking to be the great husband, the great father, the great toolish, the great priest, whatever it is over your house. And so thank God that I had a mother to validate me, but still in my places of brokenness, I was looking for my wife to do these things. And she was not able to do those things because she was broken herself. So the power of the tongue was she would cut, she was like, yo, you think you better than this, and you think you because you was raised like this, and you and then she will begin to tear down the places in me that I had confidence because of you love this chick, you love her, you want to see everything, so you respect the value of her voice. And men need to understand that the power of a woman's tongue is very vital to your upbringing, to your, your personality, to who you are. And this is why women, you got to be careful when you're talking to us men because you can shape us and you can condemn us. And then some of you, you can build us up. The power of the tongue is very vital to shaping a man's uh, identity. Y'all know this. Some men are very emotional. Some men, you may not ever, men may never tell you, yo, they're emotional. But certain men, we hide things under us. We we don't show things. But when we get to a place of ourselves, you will see it. We will let it out. We'll become vulnerable. But we were told, yo, never show your weak side. Never show this side. But we believe that women when you begin to start affirming me, yo, you look nice today, or yo, you smart, or yo, you can tackle this business product, or you can, or how can I be of assistance to help you uh, function and flow in life? Listen, listen, y'all, he just, he just said a lot, and I just want to come back from the space of being a woman and saying it's so true. I had to learn this myself like you know coming out of certain relationships I couldn't say that it was just the man's fault that would be a total absolute lie and if you out there talking about it is his fault no go on and take a mirror and look at yourself and see where your flaws are because you help to create chaos in someone else's world I said that you help to create chaos in someone else's world because we are literally born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So we have to unlearn a lot of things and we have to learn 
a lot of things. And so it is so true that when you open up your mouth, women, <laughs> because listen, a soft answer turns away wrath. That is a proverb, okay, in the word. And we have to understand that we have been given such a beauty as women, okay? We've been given such a femininity that God literally placed within us. If we look back on Adam and Eve, (laughs) Adam said, the woman you gave me, okay? He said, you know what? Listen, how this my fault? You gave her to me, so like, you blaming me? But here's the thing, women, we have to understand our men. We have to learn our men, just like we desire to be learned and know me. And I'm not just saying this from a romantic standpoint, y'all hear me, because you need to start off as friends first. So the way you learn someone, period, is you get to know them. And you know, okay, he may not show his emotions like outright, but how is his actions? Because our actions are going to tell on us. So if he gets quiet when you say something, take note of what you said through your mouth and open up and say, I apologize if that hurt you. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, I apologize. Yes, let's normalize that, ladies. Apologizing to the men, to our sons. I've shared with you all before. When I do something and I get quickly convicted because that youngest one gonna tell me anyway, but the Holy Spirit gonna check me and I'm gonna check myself. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done it that way. Apologize. Apologizing will go a long way because the number one, it shows sincerity that you really are concerned for someone else. So ladies, I just want to round up what he just said to us. Watch your mouth, okay? In the very simple layman terms, watch how you speak. Watch how you speak to men. Watch how you speak to your sons. Watch how you speak to your daughters because it is going to play a part in everything that they do. And, and and it's just not women's fault too, because some men are very provo- provocative, and Absolutely. we can provoke you to talk or say things because of a broken place in us or yes. a, a place, a standpoint in us that yo, like I'm a provoker, like because me and we naturally learning, so we don't know what to actually be because we were built to build, we were built to function, to flow, to make the money, to win, to do things, and we're trying to figure it out too. And so something we're going to provoke you, but you got to know how to season your words, and because we don't know, we don't know season them. We don't know, like me and we don't know. We just moving off impulse, or we just moving off of a place where we in, in our mind where we think that we doing something, but in actuality, some women know you do it this way. This is why God created y'all to help us to bring wisdom, to bring balance to us, because we would just function and move and go and go and go and go. No, we need stability, women. You are our balance. You Amen. should balance us. <laughs> you should balance us. So yeah. This listen, y'all. This is this is this is good information. Okay, this is good information. Again, listen and take heed. 
This is not to attack men or women. Again, we want to hear from the perspectives of both women and men, mothers and fathers. And so this is what we're doing. So Devontae, now let's pivot. So you were married and I'm assuming, you know, you all divorced or separated. What was that process like for you? How did you grieve and or not grieve that process? Oh, 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 I grieved. <laughs> I grieved because you, you, me, we like, yo, we arrived. We got to the place where we get in the family. We got this, that. But when you really love somebody, and you really care for them as a man, yo, that's going to crush your world because you're building something with this individual. You see your future with this person and you're like, yo, what? The, and then this is what causes certain rejection to come back into a man. Like, yo, could I have been done better? Yo, could I have did this? Or what is it like? What is? And then breaking a covenant hurts. It hurts because it's like you're disappointing from my people that ain't say it's like you're disappointing God because you made a, you you went to the altar you said you swear before God and man that this is gonna be you know your 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 chick this is one you gonna swear you gonna love her through sickness through health through good times through bad times and all of that but now you fail fail. You messed up because the ball was in your hand as the male and the leader. Like you messed up. And so now the the, the reality of you failing, because some men don't like to be failures. If we have been grew up in our lives and we have been told because mama was on drugs or daddy was on drugs or, or, or some people have family members that say, yo, you're going to fail. You're going to be just like your no good daddy. You're going to be doing this and you're going to do this. So when you become to a man and you become, you're going to fill these places in your life to say, yo, I failed. I failed. My mom and them told me as a kid, you're going to be a failure. So now you got to try to not live up to these expectations of being a failure. So then it's like, you got to see all of this stuff from different standpoints, from family members. Like, yo, what happened? Like, this happened, yo. Well, you should have been with her in the first place. Or you should have did this. Now you get backlash from family members. So now you really condemning it. Now it's really a condemning place. Well, it's really a place of failure. So now you got to try to take an L and men don't like to take L's. We don't. We don't like to take L's because we feel like we have to accomplish something. <laughs> we feel like, so I, I had bouts of depression. I had I, I was going through I had to get a therapist and still in one now because it doesn't, it doesn't take away uh, the fact that the matter is, bro, you hurt. You hurt. You hurt. hurt. <laughs> I you really hurt. wish, and I love that you said that and you, you, you verbalize that. I am yeah. hurt. Y'all, it it takes nothing away from your masculinity, you know, and of course I'm not a man, but hearing Devontae share this, it takes nothing away from your identity to say, I am hurt. 
Because a lot of times we don't go in relationships, especially I'm sure a covenant relationship is marriage, thinking this is going to end. You don't go in it with that mindset. And so when it happens, like he said, he said, oh, I agree because I was crushed. But understanding, I wrote something down. You said, you know, word curses or negative words being spoken, then it causes you to react. So here's 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 my thing, y'all. When we think about like reacting and responding, reaction is from impulse. I'm going to react because it's an impulse versus me responding. I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm taking time to process that thing and regulate myself so that I'm not just giving you impulse. How many times do you think men react or respond? Do you think that men tend to more so react than respond? And then what does it take for us, you know, as, uh, well, not us, because I'm not a man, but what do you think it takes for a man to learn how to respond versus react? Well, we, we, we react based off impulse. And so, uh, for uh, I think for men, it, it sinks in in the little time it takes time for us. And it, we got a little delay. So it takes time. <laughs> we got a little delay. So it, it, it's a little delay, y'all. So it takes time. Some, some, some men, we could be, you know, just chilling or having a moment and it pops up like, yo, you should have did this a different way, bro. Or you should have. So now when you begin to mature into your personality or mature in who you are as a man, I believe that then you could start, you know, uh, being factors in your life. Be like, yo, checkmate. Like, yo, you, you know, you could have did this a little better or you could have said this a little better. Yo, you can't always be so uh militant to your wife like be aggressive be soft like season your words too fella like yo you don't have to be so harsh like love her be a, she's a flower be delicate be gentle like and if we we grew up in rough household that's all we know and that's all we know to be so when a woman comes and she's gentle she it breaks the 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 places of the anger or the rage or these places inside of a man because you become his safe place. And then that's where I believe that we can get the place of reaction then to just to really uh, react. That's so good. Learning how to react is from a place of impulse. And that has everything to do with our environment, you know, and things that we've grown up with. And if we've not taken the time to heal, I want y'all to note, though, the man of God said that he's in therapy. Come on, y'all. Get a therapist. Get a therapist. (laughs) Get a therapist, a licensed one, a clinical one, one that can diagnose. Okay. Do that. Okay. All, All day. Jesus and therapy. I advocate for that. But he also said that as women understanding again going back to our words that if we're coming from a place of softness because we're receiving that as well then it can help to break down 
some of those walls and some of those barriers within a man. And so we see in this conversation, y'all, literally, like the intertwining of how male and female relationships work together. And so we're hearing through his story, you know, that, yes, I was at fault. Another party can be at fault. But taking up responsibility for our own things and then coming back more healed than we were before, it is going to produce fruit. So Devontae, kind of share with us, you know, now that you have talked about the marriage and the divorce and, you know, the the parts that you were grieving, how this impacted fatherhood for you? How were you introduced to your role as being a father? Okay. So, you know, being, you know, just sleeping around, you just start to have kids. So (laughs) that's what I did. And so, but I, I grew, I grew up in a family that you can't have a, you can't have a, a, a miscarriage and you cannot abort the kid. You, you, you did it, you slept with the chick, you, this is your responsibility to take care of it. So I grew up in that facet, but it brought maturity to me. It brought a level of maturity to me to, to uh, become a male per se in the way that I respond to women in, in our actuality because it brought a great level of respect and honor because yo, you carry my seat. And now there's a level of respect and honor. So now when it comes to fatherhood, I really I learned from my mistakes. I've learned from watching and I've learned from different male role models that I uh have in my life that I really was a, a role model to me, so I watched pattern, but then I looked for places that I fit, and like, yo, this is you. This is you. You're a loving person, regardless of what happened in your life. You still love people, and you love. So when your child's here, you love them. You talk to them. I have a son, so I express. You can express yourself. Cry. Express yourself. I, but I'm gonna love you through every bit of it, and we're going to t- we're gonna see why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Let's express. Let's let me tell you because I never got that. I never yo. Let's be expressive. Let's do this. So I take time out to tell my son, yo, how was your day? Let's express yourself. Be expressive. Be open. Like you can do whatever you can do. You can put. So I was I grew by learning and and by watching of how to be a father and then you know plus plus trial and error so that's that's basically you know it's that's what it was in a nutshell parenthood is so much trial and error because we don't yeah. know what we're doing you know mm-hmm. when when that first child comes it's just like okay they're solely dependent on me and because they're yeah. dependent on me i need to make sure that i am doing it perfect. I know that's how it was for me when I had my son the first time. I was like, it's got to be perfect. You know, it's, it's, you know, he's he not supposed to sleep with me. He's supposed to sleep in his bed. You know, I got to do this. 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 And realizing that as the child develops, we develop. As they're growing, we're growing. Hopefully, hopefully. Now, sometimes it's not always that way and I understand that. But the ideal nature of parenthood is to grow with the child and to continue to develop that relationship where it shows like you know what I don't know everything but we're going to find out together 
And because I didn't receive this in my childhood doesn't mean I'm going to make you pay for it in yours. I love hearing you say that. Okay, I didn't receive this, but now I'm going to change the trajectory of how it is with my seed. Just because I didn't get it does not mean I'm going to stay in that place of woe is me. I'm going to move forward and we're going to grow in it together. So kind of just share with us, you know, some joys that you've had of fatherhood and then some challenges that you may have experienced in fatherhood. Okay, Joyce had the pleasure of seeing him mature from a baby to, to where he is now. He's 12 years old, about to be a 13-year-old, so I'm about to have a 13-year-old. So watching him mature, and he didn't get it right the first time. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, it, it, it just, but the joy of having a, a son or having a child, I begin to see him light up when I come in the room. Or I, I begin to uh, see him call me, be like, "Yo, Dad, can I come over this weekend? Let's let's hang out, or let's do this." Those are joy points. Now, uh, not so joy points when you have to really, <laughs> you have to really like discipline your kid and of some behaviors or pattern that was already in the blood, and now you have to try to break. The break that generation curse off of him and be like, yo, you can't follow into that pattern because this was on the bloodline and then this was on your mother's bloodline. So now we got to try to steer your way. You can't follow in the same footsteps that we did. I need you to do something different. Start a new legacy. Let's do, let's build something different. So I think that men, we play a major role in our, our our children like to bring new awareness and begin to build new legacy with them. Let's do something different. Let's let's challenge you. Let's bring something to a different place and different um uh perspective. We don't always have to do this way or this was this way. No, let's challenge and do something from a different perspective. I love that you say let's build a new legacy because I, I yeah. go by this saying like. I'm not just leaving legacy, but I'm living legacy. And when we literally look at the definition of legacy, it's impact. So impact doesn't have to just be left when you're dead, but you're making impact when you're living. So that way your children are able to see this and they're able to witness it with you. And so I believe like parenthood, it, it has so many nuances to it. Number one, it's hallelujah. It has so many nuances to it, but And all in all, we get to steward a life. We get to steward a life. And in that, my hope and desire, even as I steward, you know, the lives of my children, is that I'm always in communication with them. And so I love how you said, like, we talking. We talking around this camp, okay? We expressing ourselves around this camp. I wasn't able to do it. You know, I didn't know how to do it. I may not have had the tools, but now that I'm learning those tools, now that I'm implementing them, now you're going to be able to use them as well. That's so golden and it's so key, y'all, in this journey of parenting because it's a journey. As you said, your son is getting ready to enter into his teenage years. I have a 15-year-old. Baby. Boys, <laughs> I don't have a daughter yet. Boys, mighty lamb, 
but they love their they love their mama now they love their mama my dad my dad my my oldest son you know he's with his dad more now we have transitioned into him being you know with his dad more full time and so what I have noticed is that you know our communication has opened up more you know I share my location with them just for the fun of it you know they know I don't really do too much anyway but if I'm somewhere you know I get a random text or a call oh why were you here or why was you doing that or why was this and so it's funny to see you know the transition that takes place with our children from the toddler phase to you know that 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 kid phase and now into the teenage phase where they're coming into their own identity and they're trying to be a lot more autonomous and sometimes you got to reel them back in like hey 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 now okay i i am still who i am but yes i want to learn you in a friendship way i believe that that friendship component with your child starts around these teenage years because what they doing y'all they trying to figure out friendships. They're trying to figure out, you know, who they like and, and a person like me and all of this. So you're entering into these more in-depth conversations. And around this camp, we, we talking about it. We talking about sex, okay? We, we talking about the body parts and real names of it. We not talking, you know, the slang names of it. Because if you act like you don't know what the real name is, let me give you the slang name. Can you, can you, can you figure it out there? We're, we're talking about these things. We're not making this taboo because for me, there was never a conversation. So it was trial by fire. <laughs> it was trial by fire. And so leaving and living a legacy with your children, it is one of the most beautiful things because they're going to hear our voices when they're older. Like, yeah, I remember having this conversation with my mom and my dad. I remember, you know, them talking about this with me. I remember seeing this happen. Like there's so many things that I personally, I'm not rushing it, but I can't wait to see them in their adult years and how it's like, you know, all of the wisdom that we have instilled mm -hmm. into them just yep. be like, oh, now I'm seeing certain things like, oh, you really were listening. Oh, you were listening. Yep. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And so yeah. I'm always encouraged when I talk to parents, like, you know, we have our challenges. As you know, Devante, mm -hmm. there are challenges. Do, have you ever experienced any challenges in the co-working space, co-parenting space? Um, with your son's mom, and how oh. have you navigated that? Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely, absolutely. Because it's the eye for, for me, y'all. His eye. <laughs> his mom always thinks that it's supposed to go the way that she wants to go. We have two upbringings, and certain things that I've learned. I know she she uh she doesn't know. So it's like, yo, I like we discuss oh clothing. You wanna get the top, the name brand stuff, the, all of this stuff. Me? No, give some nice clothes, give some something he can rock with. But in this generation, this is what the kids know. I wanna wear joy. I wanna wear the not back in my day, 
We was good with a nice, nice package and pants or a shirt or, I mean, we was good with some nice, uh, what, Adidas shoes. I mean, we was nice, but this day, you got to spend a little extra. You got to go a little mile for these kids these days. So this is like the, the highlight of our disagreement about the shoes, the clothing, the, about this different thing. So this is where we go tooth and nails with in this area. Uh, listen, <laughs> the, the, the clothing, I'm thankful that, you know, they, they, they pretty much trust me, man. You know, the oldest one, he, he dresses himself. And here's what I'll say about that, that when they enter a certain phase, they start wearing the same thing over and over again. And so at over that point, I was just like, you know what, you go ahead and you, you wear it, you know, you want to get out the dirty clothes. That's your business. That ain't my business. That's on you. Bless God for it. My nine-year-old is in a men's shoe. And when I tell y'all like the, the, the tears that come from the depths of my heart because of the fact that you are in a men's shoe, the fact that I just ordered him some pants thinking like, oh, let me get a size 14 and his ankles is still showing. It's like, it's a lot of things that go into this whole parenting thing. We talk about the heavy stuff, y'all, and we could talk about this stuff because this is heavy too. This yeah. stuff is, this is, it's heavy in your pockets. It's heavy yeah. in your pockets. But I love yeah. that, you know, like all in all, what I want you all to hear from this episode is that as Devontae started, you know, he shared how what he did not have, although it was a deficit, at parts of his life, he did not allow those deficits to rule his life. That's an important piece that I want you all to understand. We are all going to have something happen to us in life. It's life. Something's going to happen. Mama going to leave us. Daddy going to leave us. Grandma going to leave us. Uncle going to leave us. Something's going to happen. But we don't have to close that door. We don't have to allow the deaf CC that was a parenting moment just off the fly, y'all, because I told him, don't come up in here. And what they gonna do, they gonna do, they gonna do, <laughs> they gonna do. But this is a parenting podcast. And so nothing is off limits when you have kids around. And I had to get over that. I had to really get over that though. Devontae, like, I thought, oh, I, it's gotta be in a perfect setting. And it's like, no, Ashley, you just have to do it. And you just have to be intentional and you just have to allow the voices of those that you want on this podcast to be heard because bloopers are going to be there and we're not going to edit it out because it is life. But I loved that your deficits did not define who you are. And as you matriculated and as you're still evolving into manhood, that you are allowing your son to be a part of that journey. Um, last thing I just I want to ask you is um, how would you how would you say you have grown in the last? Let's just go with the last three years in your manhood. Let's take away the fatherhood role and let's just say let's speak to how you learn in um, and grown in your manhood, and then just share a firm the men that are listening to this episode? Um, I learned and I grew very, very wisely because uh, I had help from therapists, keyword therapist. Um, I, I had, and then I had to come 
to the grips with examining myself. Yo, you could do things different. You could say things different. And then you can't define your life by what you've been through, by what your today is. I can't, I can't operate from an old place into my new place. I can't do that. Like, I, and so I, I learned things. I, I grew, I matured very quickly um, with the help of, of therapists and with the help of people around you. And your community for males, your community matters. Have the right people around you to tell you, bro, no, you're slacking in this area. You're doing this. I have real people that will tell me, yo, you got to do this. You got to do this better. You got to do this. And they will help you mature. A community matters. A community of fellow, I have a community of brothers. They matter. We we, we conversate on a regular basis. We, we talk, we come together, we share ideas, we share things. Uh, we all are in ministry. We all are fathers. We all are, uh, we all are, well, some of them are husbands. And so they have a family. So I learned certain things from them as well. They learn some of the things from me. So it matters about the community. And so males, be comfortable with you. Open up to yourself. Be vulnerable. It's okay to feel. It's okay to talk. It's okay to share. If you have a, a, a woman that you feel that it's your safe place, be vulnerable. Be open. Be let her be your safe place so that you can get all of this out. It can free you up and mature you to be the male that you always predestined to be. Boom, drop the mic right now. There, be vulnerable, communicate, get you some therapy <laughs> because it does wonders for your soul. Again, your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so a lot of times we have to dig up the seeded, the seeded, S-E-E-D-E-D, and seated, S-E-A-T-E-D, places within our souls that have been causing for us to navigate life and navigate the way in which we've done things, which impacts our parenting. And so Devontae, thank you so much for your time on this episode, your wisdom, the the laughs, the seriousness, y'all. Like these episodes are going to continue to increase in just understanding as we continue to hear from the men, from the fathers, because it's so important. I'm gonna go back to something that he said in the beginning. The father's voice, the stamp of the father is what helps to identify the child. And so I'm going to say this to the women. If you are in some type of disagreement, if you are in some type of, you know, space, because I I know I've been there, trust me. And you're like, ah, you know, I don't want my child to be around his dad. You know, whatever that is, I want you to take a look at yourself first and see if you're doing this from a place of maliciousness. Or if this is from literally a place of protection, because I understand there's a difference. Sometimes it may be a protective measure that the child cannot be around their father. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I am saying. Take a look at you and see if you can really work through and work out whatever differences it is. You may need some mediation there with your co-parent, but at all costs. Allow that man to be a father to the child. 
I spoke about it in a few episodes, I believe it was in season one, where I had to understand the capacity of both of my son's dads. They have different capacities. And so I can't expect one to do something that the other does and vice versa. So let's just heal all the way around parents. Y'all know I'm always going to advocate for healing. I'm always going to do that. Again, Devontae, thank you so much for being here with us on the Parent Network Podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. This was fun. It was fun. So y'all tune in. I'm going to link his information in the podcast description on how you can follow him um, and and talk with him. Devontae, do you coach? Do you mentor? What are some things that you do? Talk to us about that real quick. I am um, starting a mentor coaching um, segment for young males um and even just not just for young males young women as well because i think that men play a vital role in the today's society for youth as a bra so i love my youth the youth is a passion to me so i'm going to speak volumes to them i'm going to speak to who they are and who they are to become so i am going to be coaching a lot of uh young people a lot of young men that a lot of young women we're going to learn certain things um um, also in the ministry world and I do this in the ministry as well so I'm just, you can contact me you can hit me up on um, Facebook, Instagram um, and then my ministry page as well so I have all faster the ways where you can contact me awesome so all of that information you all will be in the description of this episode so y'all know how we do it until next time Catch up on all of the episodes, y'all. Season three is blazing out and it's going to be good.